That wouldn't be distracting at all, Steve. To be to hear your voice in real time in stereo ping pong delay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, That's <laughs> it'd what be I want. impossible to podcast that way, Steve. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Hey, everyone. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, working, reviewing, playing podcast. podcast. Tony Iomi has a new signature SG out. Mm-hmm. And it's an Epiphone. It is. And it's a $1,000. A $1,000 Epiphone. I'm sure it's not the first $1,000 Epiphone. But I think, like, where I'm hung up on that mm-hmm. is that it has that wraparound bridge. Right. That You're really, really hung up around I am. This. There's something about... Because I've had so many cheap guitars that have that style of wraparound bridge. And I know that there's, like, higher quality versions of that wraparound bridge. And we don't know which hardware made it mm-hmm. onto this guitar. But I don't know. They do not say anything. Like, they point out a bunch of other, like, higher-end parts on here, right? So, uh, Graph Tech Nut, Grover Tuners. I'm looking at the tuners. They look like good tuners. Uh, Epiphone Pro P90 pickups. Well, it is CTS neat that... pots, but, but no, the bridge is just adjustable. Right. Adjustable wraparound. It is neat that the, the pickups are those chrome-covered P90s. Like, you don't see that very often. Yeah. So that's like a fun extra detail. I mean, that's the sort of thing anyone could do aftermarket. You can buy mm-hmm. those covers for probably, I don't know, I'm going to go high and say $30 for a set of those. Uh, maybe that's low. I don't know. Either way, like, it's an affordable modification to make. I'm just, I don't know, maybe I need to pick one up and feel it. Are, have Epiphones been like a standard SG been like a P90SG, have, has a P90SG Epiphone been close to $1,000 before? I, Maybe I'm just like not up on what the pricing is. I don't really know either. I mean, I'm gonna look around maybe the Epiphone if you look at like the special, this is great podcasting. I think if you look at like some of the special or the six The maybe. 61 SG mm-hmm. that has a full tunematic and humbuckers and whatnot, uh, is 900 so i guess this is yeah. only a hundred more but then the sg special with p90s and a different style wraparound bridge but still a wraparound mm. style bridge is 450 yeah but and that's then the, the not that's the non-adjustable bridge these are the same they are the same pickups dude same nut the sg with the verbola which is something i've always wanted a guitar with a verbola yep. is 600 dollars all right, you want to? I like. Is it? It's like one of them is is close that 1961 LPSG. So maybe that's what this started as. Is just that model, and they're like, well, we got to throw a hundred bucks on there for Tony, and we'll you know put in different pickups sort of thing. Yeah, I, I almost. I mean, even wouldn't the pro- be the surprised prophecy- if it was that exact guitar and. That's why there's uh, pickup rings. Right. The Prophecy SG is also $900. That's the one. It's got a burst flame top 
all that stuff. I'm trying to see uh, there are other artist models. The Noel Gallagher Riviera, which just came out, is 900. The BB King Lucille is 950. There's a Lucille for 950. There's a Lucille for 950. The Jobo Lazarus is 900. The Matt Heafy. So people are going to burn me down. That's cool. Whatever. Because I don't know. Show who, me the Lucille. Hold on. I want to. I don't know who Matt Heafy is from Trivium. Uh, which does this? Are those fluence pickups? I think it also load and load and load and load and keep load and load and load and load and yeah. It kind of bugs me that the pickups are eleven hundred. It has it has binding around the neck, which is nice, but it has dot inlays. They couldn't even They've got the cherry Lucille and the ebony Lucille. They couldn't sneak one cross into there. It's yeah, the. The, Luce, a, the, Luce, a, the Lucille has that extra special, like, adjustable tail piece. Yeah. And it has block inlays. And it has the, what is it, the Selectomatic uh, thing. Right, the like Vera it's got, switch. It's got special hardware on it. And it's 50 bucks cheaper than this Tony Iommi SG, which is such a, like, at its core, an SG starts out being a stripped-down basic guitar. Like, I always right. say that the SG is Gibson's Telecaster. Like, it's, yeah. it is as bare-bones as you can get. It's a slab-with-a-neck sort of concept. I don't know. The I don't Jer- know why it's Jerry, bothering me so much. The Jerry Cantrell Prophecy is uh, 1150. It's got a bunch of funky inlays, and it's white. And yeah, I would get it. I would going on. Yeah, but they could have put... One cross at like the twelfth fret to make, but it's it supposed to be a it's supposed to be a replica. It's a replica of his monkey guitar. Yes. All right, let me look up his monkey guitar. Uh, the Gibson Gibson sells a replica of his monkey guitar for twenty four hundred, and they did like a full limited run custom shop that was like twenty thousand dollars or something. It was like crazy money. Trogley got one, of course, of and said, course is this did. guitar worth $40,000? Did he say yes? I don't know. I didn't watch the video. I just found it right now. I just want to see the original. While you're looking for the original, I do have one thing to say about Epiphone. I guess an upgrade I would do on the Epiphone if I got it is I would get that big, thick, multi-ply pickguard that he had on the original. Because the new... Uh, Epiphone doesn't have that. You ready for this Epiphone take? I guess I see that that they're trying to recreate that. Okay, give me your Epiphone take. Now that Epiphone's changed their headstock, they're all of a sudden way more attractive to me. Oh, totally. No, I totally agree with that. I like their their new headstock way better. Every time I I see one, I'm like... I guess the pickguard is decently thick on there. Well, that... I, I. the wide bevel is what I'm looking at, but it's not yellowed. I wish it was yellowed the same because they yellowed the the binding. See, I'm being picky about. I, I like the Sabbath is great. Sure, I'm, I I enjoy listening to Sabbath from time to time, but I'm not like a Sabbath super fan or anything like that. So I don't know why I care about this. But there's been a rash of like signature guitars coming out recently. What was the one we were talking about uh, last week? Wasn't there? Someone who got a oh Rick Beato oh Rick, Rick got a Rick signature Beato, yeah. Gibson yeah. and you know there that's always going on and obviously like Tony Iommi deserves a signature as much as anyone does but I don't know there's something about a thousand dollar Epiphone that's rubbing me a weird way 
Because it's an SG. I think it's, it's, it is because it's an SG. Here's my question. And I don't dislike question. SGs. Ask me, Steve. So the original ones, those are custom-fitted chrome pickups, pickup covers. Are these like chromed plastic, or are they actually chrome is what I want to know. Well, that's what I'm looking for to see if it says. They say that, that they are chrome-covered. But they're not. Yeah, I'd like to know if they're plastic that's chromed because that is a thing can too. Can you chrome plastic? Not. It's not technically chrome, but you can have metallic foiled plastic. You know. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen those. I'm looking. These are. They're calling this chrome, but these are. They're seven dollars, though, Steve. Yeah, they're plastic. That's my thing. Like we don't. We don't have any assurances that the hardware on this guitar is the good versions of that hardware. Okay, they're calling these pickup... These are nickel-plated plastic. So yeah, they're see? Plastic. They're plastic. But you kind of... So you're saying that, you know, it's only a $7 upgrade. It's not... That's not an upgrade. That's just the cost of covers. Right. <laughs> you think Gibson's paying $7 for those covers? No, they're... No, they're, that, that, they're probably paying sure. 20% more than they would for their regular plastic P90 covers which is probably 75 cents, you know. <laughs> but, you know, upselling various looks and features is, you know, how, you know, how they get their profit margin. I mean, that's how everything like that. is, that's right? How everything Every, works. Everyone freaks out when all of a sudden you can buy like a white strat with black pickup covers. You're, "Oh my gosh, that looks so cool." And it's like it's a white strat and somebody, you right, know, right. You, the fender factory swapped out the white pickup covers for right. black pickup covers. <laughs> they probably, uh, they actually probably got the black ones for cheaper because the, the pickup cover factory wasn't selling them. So fender bought them in bulk. It's like big five. It's the big five. Right, model. Right. They're like, Oh, you got a warehouse full of black pickup covers and you want to sell them for $5, but no one wants to buy them. Yeah. We'll buy the entire warehouse for a dollar a piece. Well, the original like zebra buckers came about and like white humbuckers came about right. because like they were just buying what is what, whatever was cheapest. And the factory was like, Oh, we got a bunch of white pellets. Like, well then Mike, wait, make white pickup covers. We don't yeah. care. They're going to be covered. No one's ever going to see them. Mm -hmm. And it turns out, you know, guitarists like to pry things apart with screwdrivers. And now it's desirable to have all these different pickup looks. Yeah. A thousand dollars. You know, you're right. I do think you kind of have to be like a Sabbath. You got to really be into Sabbath. They're really into I mean, you know, it, Tommy Iommi. It, it is the Tony Iommi. It's ah. it. I know. I keep you keep saying it, on that and too. I was getting it right Tom, before we started recording. Thomas Iommi. <laughs> no, Anthony Iommi. <laughs> Tom Iommi fans are furious. Oh my god! Right now, you know they did it. They they put together. You know, the aesthetics of what that guitar would look like if it was made by Epiphone and it was brand spanking new. Yeah. Like, you look at the original and it has the personality it has partly because it is worn in and relict and it has that smoky vibe to it. You know, that this just doesn't have. I, I mean, guess, I I mean get, you're like, right. Like, I'm reacting to the $1,000 price point. Like it's double what it should be when in reality it's a hundred more than it should be. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure that money goes to, to Tom Iommi, you know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at again, the, uh, 
You pointed it out earlier, the Epiphone SG Special P90 in sparkling burgundy, which is a damn close color. Functionally? Uh, is almost the same guitar. It does not have the does not have the intonatable tailpiece, but that's not worth $500. You can swap out that tailpiece for $20. Easy. If you want to get a really nice one, then sky's the limit. You can get yourself a $150, $200 one, I'm sure. But you could swap out that tailpiece. You know what? Swap it out. Get the nicest version. We'll call it $200. So swap out the bridge for $200. Now you are at $700. Now you swap out those pickup covers to get the chrome pickup covers. Now you're up uh, to $707, which is functionally $300 cheaper than the the the, the Tom Miomi one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't have his name on it. Maybe it's maybe the pick guard's a little different or something. It doesn't have the uh, the pickup rings around it. So it has some, and maybe, I don't know, it, it is, had some copy about the neck shape. I don't know if the neck shape is special. Well, the neck shape is like his neck shape. So, I mean, there are elements. That's what you're up paying for. There are elements to this that you are up paying for. I'm spending no time looking at the camera, so I feel a little <laughs> bit bad about. Don't worry about it. I think the, oh, no, you're right, because it has the ring. I was going to say, it looks like the neck pickup is closer to the neck, but it's just because of the ring. It's because of that pickup ring. Yeah. And uh, this one probably, it does look like it has neck binding. Yeah, the the, the, the four hundred fifty dollar one still has neck binding. That's surprising, but I, I mean, like you have eyes and I have eyes, and we are both seeing the same thing. <laughs> Thanks for spelling that out for us, Steve. I mean, the people at home listening to the audio podcast, they don't know for sure if we have eyes. That's true. So it's good to confirm for them that yes, Steve and I do. In fact, have eyeballs. I, we both have two of them, and they both function. Steve wears glasses. Mm-hmm. I'll probably wear glasses someday. So you but can't not fully yet. trust my eyes. Oh, you know what? This has witch hat knobs. Oh, uh, oh, big difference. This one has the the classic, like uh, the speed knob. No, it's the the. I forgot what that knob is. They're, they're like the dimple topped. Yeah. The chrome top hat knob. Top hat. Yeah. So, I mean, the witch hat knob is a different hat. What it is, is it's that, a different that hat. that's a fender knob. So they had to pay premium for that. Oh my gosh. Fender's <laughs> like, you want to use our knob? That's going to be $300 per guitar. Okay. So functionally, let's just assume if you don't care about the shape of the neck difference, mm-hmm. if you wanted to throw a bunch of upgrades at the $450 one, you could probably get a guitar that is on paper nicer than the Tony Iommi I mean, it's, it's one. literally, you would only be needing to upgrade You could even things. get yourself... You'd be upgrading the tuners, and you'd right. be upgrading the, the tailpiece, and that's it. No, but you'd be putting covers on the pickups to get the chrome look. Okay, what... Listen... I, I don't think that... Personally, I don't think chrome... Chromed P90s is an upgrade, but that, that's well, if you're going me. for the look. Sure, okay. if you want that look, because um, it's the same headstock shape and everything. He's got the look. You could buy the $450 one mm-hmm. and then throw $550 worth of upgrades at it. Not just the bridge, not just the tuners, but you could get yourself like some nice pickups. You could probably find someone who's an expert on matching the pickups that are in Tony's. 
you know, like original guitar. Yeah. You're you like, oh, get, I know how to wind those perfectly, you and I'll charge you two hundred and fifty uh, for the set. You know, you can get whatever the Gibson P90s are, right? On the twenty four hundred dollar version, and maybe there is a build quality difference between the Special P90 and the Tony Iommi. There probably is, and you know what? It's Every, probably a justifiable price difference. But if you're really just getting it for the look, like. It's for the fans, you know, yeah. which is fine. And it's not, it, like I said, it's not like a thousand is an insane price these days. Lots of guitars right. are right. Like it's not what, a custom shop price. And they're trying to make Epiphone to be a more uh, desirable brand with the headstock change and some of the spec changes and stuff over yeah. the years. I don't know. For some reason, it bugs me though. It's, I still feel <laughs> bugged by it. You're not bugged. At, like you're cool as a cucumber. I, it doesn't Steve, how come you don't me? have any feelings about this? Because I just don't have any feelings. Just in general across the board? Yeah. <laughs> Steve is an android. No, I just, uh, you know, it's a player that, like, I think made interesting music. But, I, I you know, it's, it's better than, I think, some of the other signature models that we're used to seeing from... Uh, this family of brands, though, Tony Iommi has had several uh, signature models over the years. Um, I honestly, though, like going back, uh, I feel like that Lucille for nine fifty is a hell of a bang for the buck. Right. In comparison, like weighing like signature instruments, like you can you, like. Are there that many Black Sabbath fans that absolutely have to have? Like the Tony Iommi style SG. Like you can get by with any guitar with P90s, right? Like I don't think that group of people are obsessing about that that much. But man, if you want a blues axe, right? Like, like this is like for nine fifty, and it's got the parts. You know, when you say it, it's got it, the parts, what you mean is it has the TP6 bridge. But it also has the Selectomatic. Well, I forget what the official. Well, that's term. an ES three forty five thing. That's not a. But right. Still, like, I'm just saying, there's something about that 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 hits me different. I don't know. Yeah, it's a veritone. Veritone. That's the word. This I was is a ES three forty five, but it's it's not quite an ES three forty five. Right. Since it's a solid top. Yeah, it doesn't have the F-holes. It's yeah. cool. That's what I mean by solid top. I don't mean it's a solid body guitar. Okay? It doesn't have extra holes in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like even without me really caring about playing blues, like I'm more likely to pe- play in the style of Tony Iommi than I am mm. in the style of B.B. King, but I'm more attracted to that Lucille right. for that money. Right. Like I feel it's more special. I don't know. Do you prefer the Lucille or the Lucille 2? <laughs> I like that white one right there. The white Lucille. Mm-hmm. That's the one I would go for. All right. All right. You got anything else to say about this? Is this the most exciting podcast episode you've ever listened to no. in your entire life? We should have talked about Solid State Amps. <laughs> we'll do that next week. <laughs> that hot clickbait news. Music jobs. Of- why are solid state amps? Tune yeah. in next week, guys. What are music jobs? Maybe next week. We'll see which one we decide to do. Spoilers. Does solid state deserve to be an amp?
<laughs> you know, AMs just don't want to work anymore. Is that, is that this week's clickbait title? Does Tony Iommi deserve a signature <laughs> guitar? <laughs> that's actually that's actually pretty good. It's like, anyone who qu- would question that he doesn't is like, okay, let's go through this really slow. What are you talking about? <laughs> I kind of want to use that as a, because no, I, we should. Honestly, the the um, we should do it every single time someone gets a signature guitar, the, uh, no matter who they are, even if we don't talk about it. Yeah, we talk about a completely different topic. Um, so what's interesting about that is now I know I went into snark mode in a few parts, but overall I felt like we were pretty upbeat and pretty positive about Gibson coming out with the Beato Beato guitar. No, we totally were. But so I did, were there just commenters that didn't watch the video who were like these two jagholes? Oh, totally. Like, or they got 30 seconds in where we were just like, oh, Rick Beato. And then you we know what it is before the whole part where we were like, yeah, you know, uh, if there's a YouTuber that deserves one, it's him. You know what it is? What? It's the Beato bot army. Rick Beato's <laughs> got Rick Beato bots out there on the internet. And anytime they pick up keywords or titles or people chatting yeah, yeah. about Rick Beato, the Rick Beato bots show up. Mm-hmm. And they just automatically go into defense mode and start spewing out like, you know, AI generated defenses of Rick Beato oh. without actually, you know, processing the content. It's like Dolly for comments. Exactly. And, you, the, and then you the, know, because we just said it, it, it already exists. And then the AI goes haywire and just starts telling people co- to contact them on Telegram to get their prize. Listen, when this channel really makes it, like really makes it, you'll know because there will be 60 cycle humbots like cruising around other people's channels. Like <laughs> <laughs> just like those Beato bots, which oh are definitely real Beato bots. I feel like that's like a fun disco song idea. Beato bots. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Lost Z. Did you see the comment? You. Did you see the one commenter who says that if a joke bombs, that you should cut it, that you should like edit oh, the video? Oh no, never! And I was, and I just that's like, funnier that's, than a joke yeah, that lands. I agree. Like a joke that doesn't land is way funnier but, than but a joke my, that does. But my response was just that sounds like too much work. It is work, and uh, like there are things that I intend to cut and to edit, and I forget to do them every week. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I guess I let that through, huh? <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well, who cares? I don't actually care this time. All right. What what else do we want to talk about? What's the next Um, thing we're going to move on to? I want to know what this picture is. Oh, that's that's your daughter, Steve. Yeah, I know who it is. I didn't know what it was. Let's do some housekeeping. What it is? What it was is your daughter. It's a human being, Steve. Uh, Housekeeping is a part of the show where we uh, say, hey, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumpcast, where for as little as a dollar, you can uh, help with the production cost of this program. It pays for obvious things like paying for our podcast hosting and paying for equipment and travel that we need. But it also pays for things like uh, the mailbox. We've got got a UPS box. It pays for various services that we use that, that uh, aid the podcast. Like we just had to pay for our WordPress the other day. So I had to deduct that from, uh, 
our budget mm-hmm. and whatnot. There's all these little costs that add up and 100% of the Patreon money is there to support the production of this podcast and content on this channel. That's just what it goes to. So yeah. there so, you go. Uh, at the $10 level this week, we have CD Willis. Thank you, CD, for uh, supporting this show. And again, it, even as little as $1, everything counts. In small amounts. Uh, this ad was sent to us by Nicholas Orman. I forget which one it this is. This isn't even an ad. This just says this oh, is, there is a Gibson Les Paul Personal 1969. Comes with microphone. This is rare. Only like somewhere around 100 were made. I saw some higher production numbers. I think it was probably in ass- the like closer to three or 400. I'm assuming it was an ad, but we didn't get a screen grab of the, the cost or anything. Because this, I didn't make the screen grab. It was sent to us, mm. so I'm assuming it was for sale. Yeah, I've never. I was aware that these guitars existed, uh, and that they had the microphone connection, the XLR input on the upper uh, mm-hmm. horn. I had never seen one with a microphone plugged in, and you and I were discussing, wondering, is that the microphone that came with them? Or is like you have to figure out your own situation, and this guy found like an old gooseneck microphone. Well, so it's weird because so many of the ones I found online in the pictures, they don't have the microphone. I couldn't find uh, any that had pictures of the, of the microphone. Ones that have the microphone have this microphone. So you did find others that have microphones. Yeah, and they have basically microphones okay. that look like this. So this is probably the stock microphone. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's just very confusing. What I want to know is. Does the microphone connection go out the same as the guitar signal? Like, does it mix into the guitar signal? Or is there an XLR connection on the other end of the guitar and it just passes through? Um, I think it goes through the... I think it goes through the whole thing. Interesting. It goes... Like, it's, it doesn't pass through the guitar signal? So, like, you're not singing into your amp? Oh, hmm. Like, do you, are there pictures anywhere of the, the connection side of it? I don't know. Neither do I. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is highly engaging podcasting. Okay, here's a- Everyone's switching over to go listen to a crew trime, like, True Trime. Is that what I said? True Crime uh, show right now. You said now. a crew trime. A crew trime show. Remember when I tried to do this to a guitar? I tried yeah. I tried to put a gooseneck microphone holder on it. And do you remember why that didn't work? I do, actually don't remember why it, it didn't, didn't work. It didn't work because the gooseneck makes like like metallic crinking sounds. Oh yeah. Every yeah. time that it moves at all and also your vocal vibrations and all other vibrations transfer through the, the gooseneck into the body of the guitar. And I was getting all sorts of crazy noises. I never actually screwed it in because I had this thing to screw it into the guitar. I used like a clamp to hold it on there and testing it out. I was like, oh man, this is a bad idea. This is not going to work. But I had high hopes of having this guitar with a gooseneck mic that I would be able to just like, walk around on stage with and not have to be married to a microphone back when we had your favorite band, which is kind of like a punk rock outfit. What are you looking at? I'm trying to read about how to 
The Les Paul personal model is equipped with... This is from the manual. Oh, does it come with a special plug? Uh, is equipped with an input jack for use with the microphone. This input jack, in addition, uh, uh, in, uh, is located... <laughs> you can do it, Woo! Steve. Uh, this input jack is located in the upper rim of the instrument. In addition, a volume control is outfitted on the personal model, which allows you to independently independently control the microphone volume apart from the guitar volume. But does it go out? Simply use out a of the stereo core to separate the microphone volume control from the guitar volume control. Then the microphone end of the stereo cord may be plugged into any low impedance PA system. Uh, you now have before you. The microphone at all times, eliminating the burdensome microphone stand. Walk through crowds, singing or announcing while at the same time playing your instrument. A great feature. To adapt a microphone to the Les Paul Personal, you may contact any electrical supply house to equip you with an adapter for your microphone, preferably low impedance, uh, to accept the female input jack on the guitar room. If you do not already own a low impedance microphone, be sure to select one that will be comfortable for you depending on how high or low you wear your instrument while performing. So this makes it sound like you get your own you, mic. You pick your own mic. You get your own mic. And, and it sounds then, like you need to get a, like a splitter cable yeah. out of the guitar, which makes me wonder if you don't use a splitter cable, if you use a standard quarter inch, does it sum your guitar and the mic? I don't know. But on top of all of that, but I bet their outputs are so different that it wouldn't work. Uh, the Gibson Les Paul personal and professional instruments are designed with low impedance pickups Therefore, this instrument must be used with the Gibson low to high impedance transformer when not using the Les Paul LP12 amplifier. The LP12 amplifier oh is gosh. equipped with both low and high impedance inputs. Most musical instrument amplifiers. This on guitar the market comes are with a lot of baggage. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, Jeez. so if you were to get this guitar and you just try to plug it straight into like it wouldn't work. a Fender Twin Reverb, it's going to sound bad. Well, in this picture from the ad, it's in front of a bandmaster and you just can't plug it into that. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> I'm glad I don't own one of these. I mean, it's cool to look at. And it's like uh, a, got like a unique thing going on. But geez, like of all the things that like Gibson's done over the years that people are like, why are you doing that, Gibson? What is this? <laughs> well, they were doing it because Les Paul. Right. Because that's what Les Paul wanted is this is his this is. His own mad scientist sort of rig. Like, why did he want to use? Why did he want to use low impedance pickups? I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, right. for any of this stuff. Apparently, the Les Paul Personal. They think there were a total of three hundred and seventy guitars shipped uh, for these. So, that's plenty. What is that? One for every city. <laughs> In the U.S. I know there's probably more cities than there that. were two in 1969. So the guy says that this is in 1969, and he thinks that there is. Um, so it's only one of two made in 1969. He says only like somewhere around 100 were made, but this listing on vintageguitarandbass.com, which is what comes up when you search for Gibson Les Paul Personal, says that there were only two made in 1969. Interesting. So who knows? Now, how uh, how that how that person you know came up with that nineteen sixty nine date? No idea. No idea. It's a nice date though. Uh, what's next, Steve? Let's. Uh, oh, I didn't write down a time. What time did we start talking about this, dude? dude? I don't know. It's thirty one minutes in now. 
You can watch the video to figure know, out the timestamps. No. I'll upload it like, like days before. Like work. It is work, Steve. Days? You upload it Sunday evening. I've been getting better about getting it up on Friday. All right. Uh, that what's next is we're going to talk about Stringjoy. Stringjoy! They are a sponsor of the show. I just strung up my strat with a set of 9 to 42s today. And yet these are 11 to that's because those That's the set I did not choose to restring the strat. But if you're looking for wild and crazy and creative, unheard custom sets of strings, I highly suggest you go over to Stringjoy right now with our link in the description to use their custom string builder where you can combine any gauge of string you want with any other gauges of string you want. Go string by string and call out the gauge and they'll send you that set even if it's highly unadvisable. They might look at your order and think, this person is reckless. This person doesn't know what they're doing. They're going to damage themselves and their guitars, but they'll still send you the set because they trust you. Because they think you're going to get those strings and you're going to say, these strings bring me joy. You might be ordering one set of strings to outfit two three-string guitars. And they'll look at the set and like, why do they want so many high E's? I you could like in order, that case, you should just contact them directly and tell them what your situation are is. Are you always breaking your high E? Order a pack of nothing but high E's. I don't, is that a thing you can do? Have you tried that? I have no idea, but go to their site and see if you can do it. <laughs> All right, this happens. Tell me I'm wrong. If I'm wrong about that, tell me in the comments, and I will apologize to you in the comments for being wrong. This episode is also brought to you by Chaseless Audio. That's right. And unlike this Tonal Recall Red Knob mod uh, that I'm holding in my hand, mm -hmm. uh, there's the, Henry's college education right there. Most recent. Uh, Chase Bliss release is the Generation Lost Mark II. Do you want one of those? Do I want one of those? I don't know anything I about want, them. I want one of them. They make everything sound lo-fi, Steve. I I just haven't. I've only listened. They make to everything like sound warbly and gritty. It's like putting film grit on your audio. Oh, it's okay. awesome. Well, the reason I they bring sound up, awesome. The reason I bring up the Generation Lost Mark II is people are already trying to uh, like scalp these onto reverb, and you can still order them new. You can still order them new. It's just like the pizza pedal. Yeah, there was a limited run, but if you order, in fact, the Generation Lost Mark II Batch Two pre-order is up right now. So if you want one, yeah, you're gonna have to wait a couple months, but it's a pedal that's based on the Generation Lost, which is a pedal that hasn't existed for a, a couple years in general. Hey, Steve. So just go get on the list. Hey, go, Steve. Go sign up for that pre-order. Hold on, Chase Plus Audio. Dot com. What is it, right? Doesn't make any damn sense if I went out and bought a Christmas tree for like $600 right now. No. It makes no damn sense because if I wait a couple months, I'll be able to get one for a normal Christmas tree price, like $60 or something like that, whatever Christmas trees are this year. Don't feed into the scalpers. Just go to Chase Bliss, order the damn thing, and eventually you'll have it for a normal price. I promise you, your song will not be finished. Your EP will not be finished if within a couple months. You know that I'm right. You know that I know that I'm right, and you know that I'm right. You're not going to finish that. So just wait. <laughs> wait and get the special pedal that you're going to use to finish your EP next year. Or the year after that. Oh, we know how it is. That's all there is to it. Someday. It's going to make it on there, I promise. All right. All right, man. What, uh, what's, what's new? 
I've been thinking about uh, some boring stuff that people won't care about as far as like uh, the nature of my job, the nature of what I do with like paid demos and stuff here. I've been like perpetually behind on demos for what feels like I've been like two months behind on demos for what feels like a year and a half. And have I you, just have you thought about, up. have you thought about working harder? <laughs> I don't think there's room in my life for that. Have you anymore. thought about working less hard and so, just, just being like, Oh, whatever. Okay. We're done. So here, here's the thing I've been wrestling with Steve. Um, I can only do like, like functionally like two demos a week. Mm -hmm. My goal right now is I'd like the norm week to week for me to be only doing one paid demo a week and then have the rest of the week free to do like the cool explorative content that I do when I don't have something paid. Okay. Which I haven't had a chance to do for a long time. What I, and what I'm realizing there's only, there's two, only two ways to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Either I just start saying no to stuff, which I kind of don't like to do because I'm interested in it. Like the vast majority of stuff that's offered okay. to cover. And I think the audience will be interested in the vast majority of stuff. And it's like, I don't want to miss a thing that could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Or the other path is to raise prices. Right. And I think I'm going to go that direction, even though it makes me feel, and I do actually, if I want to, do something to slow down that aspect of the business. Mm-hmm. It does need to be raising prices because I do actually need to make up some of the ground that I've lost financially. Not, not all of it, but some, at least some of it. What's that, Ryan? You don't make demos for the love of the demo. Well, I love doing demos, but it's, it's great to do a job that you love doing, but that job still has to pay your bills and put food on the table. You you'll, you'll never make a perfect demo like Billy Chapel with that attitude. Who's Billy Chapel? Okay. It's a, it's a movie. It's a dumb movie reference. All right. So I'm here's my plan right now. I'm going to raise prices once a month until I hit that equilibrium. And I've like, I feel bad about it mm-hmm. because I really like labored and like stressed over the years of like not pricing out the small builders. Like, I want right. to be available to them. But the reality is that I'm getting more work than I'd like. And I do want to, I want to figure out what my value is, mm-hmm. but I also want to limit have some sort of natural limit on how much work I have coming in. And I think also, I mean, this is just thinking like broadly, right. You know, people, there's kind of this attitude that of, you know, you don't not towards YouTube, but just as a general work principle, right. It's like, you know, Oh, work hard, play hard or whatever. Or, you know, the job is the thing that I have so I can do my hobbies on the weekend. Like, right. Right. This is a thing I do so I can, so I can afford to do the things that I want to do whatever right like that's this a, is a, this that's is, a sentiment sure. so the idea i guess is like even if you wanted to include now i guess then you'd have to discern like what's what's a small company you know what's a fun project but like there are i'm sure there are uh youtube channels and people in the comments can fill the comments with some that maybe they think do this where you do a certain amount of paid like corporate work and because that corporate work is at a high enough rate and at a frequency enough, 
they when you do your fun video, say your fun video right. is, uh, you know, you want to do something weird with a guitar that you already have. Well, like, I, but now you can bring in a pedal from a small builder and be like, I got this pedal from the small builder and I'm going to use it in this demo where I'm going to do something dumb. Like I'm right, going right. to make a stereo fuzz rig. Right, right. With four reverbs and also this pedal like, that I, was sent. I just broke a string on my Yamaha Revstar over there today and I've been wanting forever to put this Duesenberg trim that I got on right. there. Like, when do I actually have the time to make that video? Because mm -hmm. I still, like, I, I'm i still, like, a month and a half behind on my paid demos right now. Right. You know, like, so I'm going to have to, like, squeeze out some time somewhere in between the my schedule that I've written out and agreed to do mm -hmm. to do that fun video that's, like, here's a thing that I've been wanting to try. Right. You know, and, like, and I can, and it's not, it's not, like, trying to get out of work so that I have more free time. It's like trying to control a specific type of work I have so I can do the other type of work where the goal of that type of work is to be uh, engaging the audience with things that I think are entertaining, right. like different right. kinds, of, like a variety of content instead of just paid demos. There's you know? a, yeah, there's a different creativity at play that's like, okay, how do I use this pedal in a creative way because I, I functionally have... Uh, sometimes functionally, sometimes realistically, like have a contract to do something creative with this pedal versus how do I do something creative because I just want to make something creative. Right, right. Well, you know, it's not even about like me, like seeking out some sort of like personal fulfillment and creativity. It's more like there are types of videos I want to make that I think would be good for the channel and good for my business, mm -hmm. the business of doing this stuff. Uh, that I'm not getting the opportunity to make because I'm doing uh, content that, you know, it it pays the mortgage. It puts food on the table. It pays necessary bills. Like, I'm I'm not making money hand over fist over here. I'm not driving around a new car or anything like that. And I won't be ever, probably. <laughs> um, but it is like this balance of the type of content that I want to make, but it requires that I make more making the other type of content, you know. So I don't know, like small builders out there, like I don't want to price you out. Uh, maybe I'll put a note on my pricing stuff. Like, hey, if you're a really small builder, but then it's tricky because then like every company thinks they're a small builder. Yeah. You know, That's like a, a, the difference between a small and like really like a small builder and what we perceive as like a midsize, say a midsize builder is just success, right? <sighs> I, I feel like if I was going to define it for like what I was going to say, like if I could offer like a discounted rate for the, the little guys mm -hmm. it'd be like domestic like you're not you know like an affordable brand or something like that sure you know you know what i mean you like the the people that that's directed at probably don't know what that means but everyone in the audience knows what that means like I'm imagining someone who's like a one or two person team in a house mm -hmm. or a garage somewhere and they're doing everything. They're hand doing the art. Uh, they're, you know, like, like maybe it should be a line of like how many like pieces they sell. Like, right. Like, Hey, is, have you never had a pedal sell more than a hundred or something like that? I don't sure. know. Like, I would need to talk to some small builders and to figure out where that's the topic. Where is the line in between a small builder and 
a bidder, a builder that you would expect to full pay a full demo rate. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and so what I mean by that, like a difference between a small builder and like a midsize where they could be the same thing is presumably, uh, unless something has changed, like Paul Cochran is still a one man shop, right? but he's also partnering with MXR. So it's like, right. so it's like you have to have a certain level of establishment in the business to be able to walk, you know, have MXR call you up or whatever and say, Hey, we want to make a mini pedal version of the Timmy. And then you work out all those details. Like, but it doesn't mean he's still not having, you know, making Tim's and Timmy's by hand. I don't know if he is, but like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you just don't, you don't really know. Or like the other, the other thought that you know came into my be? head is like Ryan from Fuzzrocious. Like, is it, is it still just him and his wife making all the pedals? Here's what it is, Steve. I don't know. Here, here's 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 the offer. Here's what I'm going to offer. Are you a small builder? Have you never hired a demo channel before? First one's fifty percent off. First Dang. demo. I want to do first demo for small builders, and I want to try to make it affordable. Okay. And then after that, if you figure it out, like, hey, this was you know this made sense for my business then you've been introduced to the way the business works and right. you can hire me or someone else to do future demos or something like that. I'll say, but if, if you're a small builder, I'll write that. I'll try to remember to write this into the, the marketing thing on the site uh, this week. If you're a small builder and you're looking to hire your first demo, I mean, I still have to prove the product and say that like, yeah, I can cover this, yeah. but like that's my offer 50% off. And that makes me that makes me feel good. Like I'm not pricing out, you know, the little guys that might have something really cool and interesting. Yeah, you know. Well, how do we get hash this out on air? I feel good about this. Watch, I hate the idea yeah. <laughs> when I edit this. I'm like, oh, Ryan, what did you come up with? Delete this. <laughs> do you have anything new, Steve? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I was on uh, Phil McKnight's channel. That's right. Uh, this past week. Congratulations, Steve. You Thank beat you. Phil. I did. That's true. How much did um, you beat him by? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I know I got like 60.4%, I think. I feel like and it was I, a single digit percentage difference. And uh, I, I know, I think it was a lot. I think it was like a 10 or 20% difference because, because he did, he and I did were within like a few percentage points of each other in the guitar category. I interrupted a little bit and, and uh, Stephen Phil took uh, a Sweetwater in oh, yeah. employee initiation test. I forget yeah. what it's called. Go check it out over on Phil McKnight's channel. Yeah. And so st they both took this test. Uh, you and know, both, I'll just link it. I'll you link both, it. you both passed it. Like you were both yeah. like in the range where like you could continue on and continue like towards training to become sales engineers over there. Yeah. But Steve, did everyone, when we made the post about it on Instagram and on, on the Facebook community section, everyone was like, sorry, Steve, but Phil's got this. And then Steve, Steve did it. The test is freakish. Um, and I think like, like I was saying, like there's, I think I was in a position to make a lot more educated guesses in categories like turntables right. and, and lighting. Here's my and guess. PAs. Here's my theory about one of the reasons you did. Because 
so well, Steve. Why is that? Because you're good at taking tests. <laughs> Maybe. Like this, you know, you, you, yeah, yeah. you have a lot of education under your belt. I, th- I think another thing. You're that- an analytical type. You're a yeah. scientist, Steve. Like, I have a feeling your ability to take tests is greater than Phil's, not because of the content of the test, but your ability to come to conclusions to mm. select correct answers. I think I had an advantage as well because I had COVID and I was just so freaking tired that I was just like, click. It puts you in the it put, click. That was an advantage to you? It was an advantage because I had to like 100% focus all of my energy into this test. That's not how things work when I'm sick. <laughs> I don't know. I would have like everything C. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, just, I don't have the energy to overanalyze this. Right, right. And also like, I don't know, man. No, Phil definitely went into it like knowing full on like, I don't know anything about anything but guitars. Like I only know about guitar stuff. And you have a passing knowledge of a, of a wider yeah, range yeah. of music instrument concepts, yeah. not there, maybe like specific models, but concepts, which it allowed you to, I think, right. uh, make educated guesses a little better. I think we say this in the video. Um, and it seems so obvious when you pull out a Sweetwater catalog and it's 200 pages or whatever, and there's only 20 pages that are guitar things right in there. 20, 30 pages. So if you translate that right, so you've got 200 pages, say it's 30 pages, so 15% of the catalog is guitar stuff. But as guitarists, bassists, you know, stringed instrument people who are in large communities like the Gear Talk community or the Gear Page or whatever, where there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, you think, man, this community is huge this business must be huge. And we think we forget like from a sales perspective, from a store perspective, we're only taking up 15% of the catalog. If you scored a hundred percent on that section and you scored a 0% on everything else, you would have scored a 15% on the Sweetwater test. Sweetwater for most of their history has only sold live sound and studio gear. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, the like individual instruments and stuff like that, like that's a more recent development. Like like in the last like 10, 15 years or something yeah. like that. See, uh, they could have killed us if they if they would have done Sweetwater but, corporate history. The only thing I would know is Chuck Surak. Right, right. No, it was like, it was all like recording and live sound gear right. for the longest time. Um because that's a, an enormous industry. Mm-hmm. Enormous. Like that, and it's it's professional, you know, quality gear, like live soundboards and rigging and lights and microphones and recording gear and desks and stuff like that and monitors and speakers and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when I get lucky with like my affiliate links and I and I fetch a, like my cut of like a really big sale through Sweetwater, Toman, Amazon, whatever the really big ones are not guitar. Right. Because like, yeah, someone might buy a $3,000 PRS or something like that. And I'll get my single digit percent of that. Mm-hmm. The really big ones are like when someone like outfits a venue or something like that. Right. Like every now and then it's be like, 
whoa, I just got a chunk of money because someone's building a venue somewhere mm-hmm. or someone's going on tour and they bought all this rigging and lights and soundboards and hundreds of cables and things like that. And it's like, what the heck happened here? Whoever you are that's watching, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it, those are still the big money-making purchases for a business like that. And you know, like, you lose that client over the phone as a sales engineer. Mm-hmm. You fudge that up. That's what those people are training for. Right. They're not training for the guy that's calling to buy a $600, you know, Squire. They're training for the, the you know, the person that calls up and is like, hey, I uh, need to order, you know, a quarter million dollars worth of live sound stuff again, which they probably get that call once a day. Who knows? Like, that's re- the real money. I mean, I you know, there's real money in the instruments too, but it's a lot more and a lot smaller purchases, you mm-hmm. know? Like mm-hmm. people like us buying, you know, strings in a peg winder and then cashing in that free shipping. You know? <laughs> like yeah. there's only so much profit in that. <laughs> so yeah, those sales engineers have to know about stuff that, you know, is much more than just the guitar stuff that we care about and we think is so expensive, but barely scratches the surface of what music equipment mm-hmm. can cost. Mm-hmm. You know. On the other hand, you know, if you're running a venue, presumably you're only buying one soundboard. But most of us own more than one guitar. Of course, that soundboard is worth several guitars. So right, right. Um, yeah, but you know, like there's everything else that goes into that too. And you know, like there's there's companies out there that go around and just professionally like build venues and outfit venues and outfit live sound situations and corporate, uh, you know, arenas, not arenas, but like like presentation rooms and things yeah. like that. There's yeah. there's all sorts of stuff like that going on all over the world mm-hmm. that they supply to. And like, you know, they you know, whoever's sales engineer gets that client. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a good Christmas. Every every hotel who's like, We we need to put some park hands in a conference room, call it Sweetwater. Right. No, it's not the hotel calling. It's the company that, it's that, the, company hotel that called, the hotel contracts. And that yeah. that company you know, goes around to all sorts of different venues, hotels, uh, corporate headquarters, schools, churches, like concert venues, of course, like touring acts, you know, like whole touring rigs and things like that, you know, film studios and whatnot. Like there's big business going on around that stuff. Big there business. you go. You remembered where it was, Steve. Because it's green. It's green. <laughs> and then orange is for, obviously, orange obviously. stands for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to talking about something else. Yeah. Uh, let's do this last sponsor spot. Okay. Uh, we got a pair of fuzzes here. This first one is from Big Ear Pedals. This is a collaboration they did with the Tone Mob for do this we have slice. An update on, on Big Ear they're uh, moved I think in, they're right? Getting closer. Uh, they finally posted some stuff on their socials uh, about. I don't know how close they are. Maybe they're maybe they're back up and running. But uh, I think they're just getting closer uh, to being up and running because you know they got into the house, but the house was only like half built. Um, so they were. I think they're still waiting on some of that stuff. But if you want a realistic looking pizza, pizza, pizza looking pedal, piece of pie, slice of pie, slice of pie. Um, Go check out. Big it Ear looks so real you can taste it with your eyes. My uh, my uh, my one of my kids uh, took my slice of pie when I first got it and tried to eat it. 
my daughter gets upset when she sees that I don't have that on my pedal board. <laughs> like she pulls off what's already there and she's like, where's the pizza? It goes right here. Like she knows the order of my signal chain nice. and knows that the pizza is missing. Okay. It's like, sorry, honey, daddy's got to try some other fuzzes. I do love the pizza fuzz, but it's my job to try other fuzzes too. So if you've got a slice of pie missing from your life, beerpedals.com, get on their mailing list, follow them on socials. You know what? Beerpedals.com. Do you love pizza? Prove it. Prove it. I don't believe you. Get one of these if you love pizza. You love fuzz? Prove it. Yeah. Prove me wrong, because I don't believe you. Uh, the other fuzz we have here is the Demonic Machines Erica's Trip Octopus. This is an interesting pedal, because it's like, it has some dirt to it, to it, to itself, but really it's more like you you run it into or run other dirts into it. Mm. Like you run a fuzz into this or you run this into a fuzz and it's like adding an octave section to your signal. You can add it to overdrives, your clean signal, you know, uh, distortions, uh, phaser, whatever, and you're adding that nasty, gritty octave section of a fuzz without the huge wall of fuzz that's accompanying that usually. So it's like... It's a really fun and unique, like, utility in a way. You've got a fuzz that doesn't have an octave setting. Now it can. That's my pitch for that. I'm not sure that's how they even describe it, but that's how I experienced it. Demonicmachines.com. Go check them out. Yep. This ad is sent by Mark DeBrun. It's called Whatever Happens. Oh, yeah. It's a Fender Mustang designer piece. Why is it called Whatever Happens? Uh, Did I not get... Is that what beaten of Rulin means? I don't. Oh, because I think that's uh, written. Uh, it's written oh, on the guitar. It's on the body. Of the, on the it's written on the back of the guitar. Of the guitar. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Yes. Wise words. Indeed. There's a lot. This is a Squire Bolt Mustang, correct? Yeah. Uh, there. There's a lot of art on here. Some of it I don't mind. Some of it is baffling, although unique like the chains are unique i've never seen that before this is my first time seeing chains on a guitar yeah, you gotta have a chain on that pickup selector switch you think that so it doesn't float away you think that top chain gets picked up by the pickup ever like it rattles around and the pickup hears it i don't know probably not uh we've got a hand-drawn picture of an angel in a cloud holding a banner that says Junkie. Wait, what? I think it says oh, Junkie. I see it. I'm actually a really big fan of the headstock situation. They, <laughs> That's funny. They put a amp. They put a Fender logo from an amp on the headstock to cover the Squire logo, and it's huge. This one right here. And I, yeah, Fender logo. The one on the on the amp behind us. Uh, Zoom. It's huge. It completely covers the bottom edge of the headstock. I honestly, I honestly really like this look. Every time I've seen someone do this, where they put the amp decal decal on the headstock. If I ever get a custom Fender, I'm gonna like let's put an amp decal decal on the headstock. Screw it in Ridiculous. there. That's what uh, we'll do. Like I want it bigger than anyone else's Fender. We've got a drawing on the back of an an angel with a snake tattoo right above its butt cheeks and it's wearing fishnet stockings. 
Yeah, I, I kind of, I cut. This is like. I wish it was on the front. Like, I want to know if you take off the pit guard if it's on the front, because like otherwise it's a little nonsensical. Uh, but then there's also uh, a coffin that's wrapped in thorn. It looks like it's supposed to be like thorns. I kind of dig that skeleton on the front with the weird foil zebra thing going on over it. <laughs> it's, a, like, it's like a foil tribal tattoo. There's something. It's a smoking. It's, outside, it's, ch- it's a smoking chimpanzee head, or like a. Or that's like does, an orangutan. It does skull. look chimpish. And it's got a hat on, which is cute. But it's a skeleton. There's something sincere and authentically charming about the art on this guitar. Even though it's amateurish, it is that perfect, like, outsider, like, metalhead scrawling Mm -hmm. on his notebook in, you know, in the fifth grade artwork. And it's... The vibe is perfect. I honestly really like it. Yeah, this is Alphalan of Verzenden, which I I think is means like make an offer. So we don't know how much they want. It's a Squire Bullet, so like this art isn't going to earn any sort of upcharge from anyone. Most people, I think, would you know agree that it probably lowers the value of the guitar. If this was local, I'd you know I'd expect to offer this guy. 75 us you know like i would i would be acting like i wasn't excited about the art like oh maybe maybe i can save this sort of situation but the reality is i'm keeping that art forever (laughs) i'd get rid of the chains probably that looks obnoxious to me dealing with those chains but yeah i'd be committed to that art i'd probably take off the duct tape that's around this the Oh, the strap, the, strap, the, we don't, we didn't, we couldn't uh, afford a six pack of Grolsch. Yeah. The, the, the Gugon that it's going to take to remove that duct tape for the strap locks is going to cost more than one of those cheap rubber washers. Don't use Gugon, just use WD-40. All right, all right. What if I just use mineral spirit, Steve? Or use mineral Am I allowed spirits. to do that? Are you going to allow me Wait, to you, use mineral spirits? Do you, you have dead minerals in your house? Yeah, but ghosts, ghosts of minerals. Dang, dude. I know, right? <laughs> that is creepy. Yeah, super spooky. Welcome to October, keep, right? You got to keep the flint ghost away from the steel ghost. Spooktober. Ooh. That steel ghost and that flint ghost get anywhere close to each other. They're going to start a fire. Do you know what the scariest guitar technique is, Steve? What is the scariest guitar technique, right? Boomer bends. Oh my gosh. Did you just come up with that right now? I, yeah. Oh, you think I've been sitting on that? You think yeah. that's a perfect joke? You actually seem like the kind of person uh, I'm making this as a professional judgment after 18 years of knowing you. Yes, you would sit on that joke. For Dude, a I, couple months. I'm going to forget that joke in five minutes. I know you And never are. make it again. You probably thought of it six months ago and then forgot about it and then just came to you again right now. No, I would never remember it close to Halloween. I would remember it in November. It's like, September. Oh, damn. Dude, when does this episode air? Barely in October. It's like the 28th right now. And Steve's giving me crap about it. But it's going to air October. October 3rd. We have Halloween decorations up in our house. Yeah, so do we. 
So, oh, you're giving me crap about Halloween. You've got Halloween decorations hey, up hey, in your hey. house. My wife put them up, okay? Not me. Now I'm in trouble. <laughs> I could say all I sorts like of misogynistic gl- things right now. I'm glad we have a house that we can decorate, and so I'm for it. I'm glad you do too, Steve. But you don't feel like it's too spooky when you get home? Come home from a long day of work and you just get scared right away. Okay, so uh, so we uh, um, we we got one this one decoration. It's a witch on a broom, and it says "Come fly with me," just you know Frank yeah, Scott yeah, yeah. reference, right? And the other day I walked outside and it was like it had fallen over. At first I thought like, oh man, a kid's messing with us. But it is kind of like gets kind of windy up there. But at first I thought like, oh, some kid pulled this out. And then I thought, wait. What if it was just trying to fly yeah. by itself? Yeah, it wanted to fly. It just didn't have the juice. But then I looked at where it was like in the ground, and I, I think it was just leaning up against the wall. I don't think it was really mm-hmm. like in the dirt. Sure, so sure. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Or you know, what happened is a real thing. A real witch drove by or flew by, walked mm-hmm. by. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and they saw it, and they're like, ugh. That's such a nasty stereotype. Like, I don't appreciate that. And they just pulled it up and they threw it aside. And then they flew away on their broomstick and cackled. Jeez. I mean, that's possible. They grabbed a child as they flew away. and <laughs> Like, that's not even a correct stereotype. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Should we hit this last ad and get nah, out of man. here? Let's just do the song. Oh, really? You don't you right, want to no, do no, this no, ad? No, you no, no, go, no. We can go long. No, no, no. Do, 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 okay. You want, let's go long. No, let's do the ad. We'll do the let's ad. Do okay. The ad. This is one that I found. It was actually suggested to me um, by uh, Facebook. I didn't. It still didn't load the screen Something grab of the headstock. Wrong. Try again later. Yeah. It's that picture of the headstock. We I've got it on my phone. This product will strike a chord with all... Musicians out there, this six-string acoustic guitar is more than just a display. Equipped with wound strings and 20 frets, if you can wrap your hands around the neck, you can play it. Available in a natural wood finish, this piece is a must for guitar players and collectors alike. This item also qualifies for free standard shipping to the contiguous U.S. That's actually a really important detail because you would not be able to afford to ship this otherwise. This is a giant acoustic guitar for a thousand dollars this is a thousand dollars this is at least like four or five times more wood and materials than that tony iomi yeah look at the this is deal a, here this is a 79 inch tall guitar so first i looked at it I was like you know oh, what this must you be buy- photoshop because like this guitar there's no way it's that much bigger than this woman but if this woman was like Five foot two, right? Then legitimately, that is how much taller this guitar it's would be. It's a big guitar for big guitar sounds. Yeah, talk about a jumbo model. I mean, it, you when and it's definitely not a talk a mini. It's a talk a maxi. I've, see, that's the type of joke that a, usually falls out a, of me. A for effort. <laughs> a for effort. That's why I think you planned the boomer band because joke. it was it was competent, <laughs> a competent piece of bad humor. I want to know if this functions. Yeah. They they thought it out enough to put bass tuners on it. And looking at the picture of the headstock, they look like strings. 
Like, yeah. I don't know where they got these, these strings because they look like steel cable size. They're huge. But they look like guitar strings. Ryan, they got it from String Joy. <laughs> they might have, honestly. They Someone who can make custom strings uh, made this. Hey, Scott, I need some extra long scale. Oh, like 35-inch bass? No, not quite. Oh, 36-inch bass? Oh, no, not quite. How long are we talking about here? 65-inch uh, bass? Yeah. <laughs> the height is 79 inches. Do you think that's a... F no, because it's an acoustic, so it's probably closer to like 50 inches or something like that. There's a lot of open body on that scale. Sure, sure. But even then, like, that is ridiculously long. I want to know. 79 inches is over six and a half feet tall. It's... Like, we would look tiny... Like, we would look stupid next to... It's actually, I guess... This is about the size of an upright base, isn't it? No, it's bigger. Are upright bases taller than this? How big is it again? 16, 79 inches. 79 inches, so that's five foot something? No, it's six foot seven. It's six foot seven? Uh, no, that's, no, I don't think stand-up bases are, are six, seven. I mean, if you count the... I'm counting the whole thing. You, are you counting the little stick at the bottom? A... Full upright base is 75 inches. You're thinking about how it has the little stick at the bottom. But that I makes think it I'm taller. also thinking of that part. The little stick well. at the bottom. You know, that's my yeah. favorite part of the stand-up base. It's the little stick at the bottom. You know, it just holds the whole thing together. It's like the, the toothpick in the sandwich with the olive on top. If I had a stand-up base, I'd stick a little foam olive on that stick. <laughs> as, a, as a little gag that it's a sandwich of some sort. Now, I, I really want to know, like... Here's, here's my angle on this. It's a $1,000 no-name brand guitar. But it's really big, and it's only $1,000. And it looks like it might actually be playable. It's got real tuners on it. It looks, what, looks like real strings on it. It looks like it has real frets on it. Is there any reason why this isn't an object that is approaching a playable guitar that happens to be gigantic for a thousand dollars. I honestly kind of feel like if it functions at all, like if I can play a, a violent femme song on this guitar, it functions, you know, if it functions that minimum amount, I feel like that's a really good price. <laughs> it's a lot of guitar for the money. Jeez, a lot of guitar. That's awful. I don't know, man. I kind of feel like you need this. Where you... am I going to put it? I don't feel like I don't have space for the regular size acoustics in my life. I don't know, man. That's up. You got to figure that out. If we ever have a reason to be part of a parade, this will be on the float. It's ticker tape parade. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yay. Ryan and Steve came back from space and they defended the planet from aliens. Let's throw them a parade. We'll order this guitar as part of the parade. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine getting hauled down the street as a subject of a parade and everyone's celebrating you? And you bring this guitar. You're like, yes. Dong, 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 dong. We've done it. Dong, well, that's the thing. Dong, is it's like dong. if you can wrap your hand around it, like how big? I want to know how they big have this those, neck is. They have those guitars at NAMM that have two necks next to each other fused together that are like that wide. Yeah. People play freaking like 
12 string guitars that are just gent sticks that have mm-hmm. massive strings all the way across them. Someone could play this. The problem is fretting it and strumming it at the same point at the same time. Cause you just got to well, have so like, as long you use, you use a capo to shorten, shorten the length of the net of the nut. You're strumming it like this. No, like you all just the way capo and then you're good to go. You don't buy a guitar like this to capo it. <laughs> you think there's a capo out there how that big, fits I was this? Say, how big of a spring do you need on the capo? You're going to be buying like a, like a wood clamp from home Depot. <laughs> To capo this guitar. It's just C-clamp. Hold on. Hold on. I got to change the key. <laughs> you know who needs, who needs this guitar? Josh Scott. He's big enough for this. <laughs> hey, Josh. Someone, t- someone tell Josh that I was talking about him that I found a guitar for him. Hey, Josh, you know that guitar you've been looking for? Here it is. All right. Get us out of here with the song, Steve. Sure. The song was sent by Ian Ferguson. It says, this song is about Chode Boy and the adventures of the Chungus Monkey. The lyrics are explicit? No way! With a title like that?
Holy boy got a lot of problems on his jacket. I don't think he wants to get down, get down, get on my knees. I really disappeared into that for a while. <laughs> that was excellent. I really enjoyed that. What do you think, Steve? I like that. I like it. I felt like you. Uh, it took you a while to catch up. You, you think it took a while for me to catch up? I don't know. I was watching you, and you, I, I, you just had this look like you were trying to figure out what was going on. But no, maybe I knew that, it was maybe going that's on. how into it you were. No, I was really into it. I, I think what really I think was the cherry on the top that really the thing that really pulled it all together was the horn section. Yeah, behind it cool. all, the way it was working with everything else. Uh, I mean that you know that. You know, someone likes Les Claypool. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really fun. Really, really incredibly busy. But what an incredible vibe. What an incredible energy to that. And very fun to listen to. Like, I like that. I like that a lot. So thank you for sending that. I mean it. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded.